This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Seven back eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. Something we didn't get to because it was a politics day today on the radio show uh, is the fact that the nurse in um, New Jersey who potentially had Ebola because she came back from I don't know West Africa somewhere, right? She came back from uh, wasn't she treating yeah. Ebola patients? Yeah. She has she showing can, no signs of it. She however. complained about the the way back and how they how she was forced into. They, they, somebody asked, actually asked to take her pe- her temperature, and uh, and she was put out by that. And uh, so they they first of all they did the forehead thing, and the first time they did it, uh, she showed a ninety eight. The second time was a little later when she was getting more irritated, and I think it was three hours down the road, and so her her face was a little bit flushed, and so it read one hundred one. So now they took her out of line. And then they put her in a, an isolated room. And then people started asking her questions and writing down things. And it took hours more. And hours went by. And she told them she was hungry and she wanted something to eat and drink. And so they brought her crackers and cheese or something. I don't know. And that wasn't sufficient because it wasn't a full seven-course meal. And <laughs> at the airport, you would expect a full seven-course oh, meal when you're, when you're in quarantine. At least and a Cinnabon or something. Something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I don't blame her for being a little irritated. But you come from an an Ebola country. We don't want it here. And you're exhibiting maybe a fever of 101. I don't know. It's kind of reasonable to then say, we're going to quarantine you. Sure is. Uh, Yeah. And honestly, I would be in favor of quarantining her whether she had a a fever of 101 or not. So would I. we we, We obviously know that you wouldn't. Most people wouldn't show signs of the disease as quickly as, as her exit from Ebola. Well, I think in from the original, Ebola world. Yeah, the original stories too were talking about how the doc, some of the the one doc even realized, look, she was uh, getting angry, getting flustered. So that's not your real temp. I know it's not. Just sit down, relax. That's what her right. That's what her story says. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how much of that is true. She honestly seems like she's on some sort of jihad against. Uh, Which makes no sense. I, I don't understand it. Uh, why you? This is your big stance that you want to make sure that people from Ebola. Ebola countries that actually treated Ebola and tr- treated uh, the symptoms and uh, after effects of those symptoms in close contact. You want to make sure that they can come in and just ramble around the right. United States immediately. That's your big stance in, in life? insane. It's awesome. It's, Congratulations. It's insane. Now, she's saying, well, you're going to make it so people don't want to go there. Is that true? I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Maybe. I'm not sure. I don't know how much I really am bothered by that. Look, you if you really you should understand that if uh, if, if your line is I really want to go treat those Ebola patients, but I'm not willing to spend three weeks in quarantine, then I don't think you're really the right person for that right. job. You know what? Right. I'm sorry. You're probably not the right person I, for that I job. Agree 100. percent I, I got news for you. By the way, 10,000. The uh, the tent outside a hospital in the United States is better than the presidential palace of Liberia. So uh, you were just there. 
I think he can mm -hmm. handle a little bit of a te of tent life for a couple of weeks. Uh, although, that bad. no, no, she couldn't. Okay, she couldn't handle it, and she threatened a civil rights lawsuit against the state of New Jersey. Yeah, and so what happened? Did the did New Jersey say, oh, "I'm sorry, well, this is about public safety, and we're going to keep you there"? Well, uh, yes, until today. Until today, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they, they went a full, like, 12 hours saying, well, we're going to enforce this. And now they caved. <laughs> okay, so now she can go and do whatever she wants. So that's great. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's great um, because uh, next time when people are like, Chris Christie, he's got a, a spine. Mm. He can stand up, really. Because yeah. he stood up for a couple hours longer than Andrew Cuomo. Uh, and yeah, now, and both of them caved. Both of them caved, uh, which is the most bizarre thing. So Cuomo is particularly interesting mm. because Cuomo comes out, and at first he is, they're saying he's not taking it seriously enough. Then he makes this big move in conjunction with Christie, or at least at the same time as Christie, and says, hey, we're going to, you know, forcible uh, quarantine for patients, people coming back that have treated these uh, symptoms, blah, 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 blah. Uh, he does that. Then mm -hmm. two days after that, he says, well, look, no, we're not going to quarantine them. But what we're going to do is we're going to let them stay home and visit them twice a day. Unannounced! How about that? And their families can come visit and them. And their families and friends can come visit them. And we're going to pay them for all of their, um, you know, all their lost pay. Which, you know, is understandable when you're in a quarantine. But still, it, it's an unbelievable reversal. And yeah. I love how this is how these are our, our politicians, our leaders here, our leadership is going through a process of reacting to public opinion, not guarding for our public safety, uh, and when it comes down to it, just pushing it off on these unnamed medical experts, which yeah. tell them that, yes, is there a low percentage chance that any individual person coming from West Africa is going to have Ebola? Yes, it's a low percentage chance. It is. It's, yeah. not, it's not a high percentage thing. <clears throat> but yeah. but they, it's, it's a thing where you have a low uh, percentage possibility, but a high impact if that possibility is realized. Uh, so you act with extreme caution in those situations. That's only natural and sensible. Yeah, it's something like a point, you know, because they'll tell you, <clears throat> what are we going to do? Are we going to quarantine everybody with the flu? Uh, no, because 0.1% uh, of people with the flu die. And, it's and the about same percent for 70, Ebola, right? It, other than the fact that it's about 75%. So, yeah, it's really close. Yeah, really and close. It's about 75% people uh, with Ebola die. So, yeah, that's different than You notice a different... I just want to make sure I understand. You won't notice a distinction between those two numbers. I do. I, I'm not a mathematician. You're, you're not getting it? Okay, there's something there. There's, there's a difference? There's a little bit of a spread. Okay, there's a difference yeah. there, according to Pat. There's a difference. Uh, I have not done that math myself, I should say. Uh, let me share with you how... <clears throat> and you tell me, does this seem, does this seem petty and, and ridiculous, or, or are we making too much out of this uh, nurse? She says um, of her, her treatment in the airport when she got back, <clears throat> I was tired, hungry, and confused... But I tried to remain calm. My temperature was taking using a forehead scanner, and it read a temperature of 98. I was feeling physically healthy but emotionally exhausted. Three hours passed. No one seemed to be in charge. No one would tell me what was going on or what would happen to me. I called my family to let them know that I was okay. I was hungry and thirsty. And asked for something to eat and drink. I was given a granola bar and some water. So it was even worse than I let on. <laughs> wow. It's a you granola liar. bar and water. Oh, my gosh. It's like what I give my kids every day for a snack. Yeah, that's, mm -hmm. you're tor torturing them. Yeah, we're treating them like them. Uh, kids like in, they're in, quarantine. in a nice suburb. Yeah. Uh, kind of. <laughs> I, wondered, I wondered what I had done wrong. 
Four hours after I landed at the airport, an official approached me with a forehead scanner. My cheeks were flushed. I was upset at being held with no explanation. You know the explanation. Oh, shut up. This is what I, you I don't know the explanation. Say, this woman is driving me insane. Oh, yeah. Now, She's I, pissing me look, off. I think I people going into this region and doing this work, are it's heroic work. We do need people to do it. And mm-hmm. thank God there's somebody to do it. But don't act like you don't get what's going on. Stop it. You understand. We have, we have people who are freaking out because people are dying in this she country from Ebola. You didn't know what was going on. Right. Yes, you did. She you were, you were treating Ebola patients. All of a sudden, now I'm I'm being treated like I might have some infectious disease or something. <laughs> yeah. Pumpkin. Yes. And yes. you know the incubation period, and you know you wouldn't <laughs> be showing signs of it by now. Uh, you know all of this because She's you're supposed to be a medical professional working on this. So the scanner Ugh. recorded her temperature at that point at 101. And again, like so, let's stop it real quick and focus on this mm-hmm. because not only. Did she go and treat patients and not show any signs of, of, the, of the disease? She actually did show a sign of the disease. Yep. Now, you might say in retrospect, well, yep. it was just because she was upset. Well, first of all, whose fault yeah, is that? Th- and they uh, don't know uh, that. It's not, it's not, her, it's not their fault that. that you got upset. But secondly, uh, you know, they don't know that. And when you, what are they going to do? Can you mm-hmm. imagine what this looks like for people? If this woman has 101 fever. Okay, and you got back from remember, Sierra Leone. Yeah, remember how the same people talked about the hospital mm-hmm. who released this guy. Yep. Remember how nice and forgiving they were? Uh, no. When you, when you have a situation like this, you have to take precautions. When, it's like saying, well, uh, that, that person over there, they just had, uh, they came back from uh, Yemen. And they spent some time in terrorist camps. And yes, it went, uh, they went off in the metal detector, but it probably was nothing. Let them on the plane. <laughs> I mean, it might not be anything. And not everyone who's in Yemen is going to be a terrorist, even when they set off the metal detector. But you still stop them when they do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, yes. This is not... This is, she's, she's doing this thing that activists do. Uh, which is this like fake outrage? She doesn't understand what's happening to her. She doesn't get the situation. Of course, no one in the world understands the situation more than this person. She was just as she describes, mm-hmm. watching people die yep. in the same room as her from Ebola. Like she gets it, and she's acting as if, well, I should just be released into public, and I can't understand why are they so bad, and everyone's jumping on her side. Well, when she leaves there, if she winds up with Ebola and winds up affecting someone else outside of that room, you're gonna feel like idiots. And you know what? And there the other, she is. Yeah, there she is. And there she is, a little cutie. The other Isn't side of that is this is, and this is why it, there's no question on uh, what you do here. You have this situation where she might go out and she might infect a child. God, she might infect she uh, so, someone out in, in the world with mm-hmm. Ebola that has never traveled to West Africa and took on the risk of, of treating Ebola patients. The other side of it is she may be inconvenienced for a few weeks. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. There's a cost-benefit analysis here. And mm-hmm. there is just not, it's not worth it to just let you go roam around mm-hmm. and go bowling in your rented shoes. It's just not worth it. We tried that. We tried that one. We've approached <laughs> the doctor. That, that we've, way. we've been down that road too. Yeah. Uh, hey, go ahead and take the subway. Take some cabs. Take some Uber cars. Go bowling. Have some fun, yeah. and then let us know that your fever is 103. Got a fever of 103. Uh, Hers was only 101, and so the female officer looked at her smugly. Female <laughs> officer looked at her smugly. I hate her. Stu, Jeffy. It was smug. It wasn't a smug look. It was a, a smug, fully smug, a full-on smug, or just smugly, look. like smug, like no, near. It was wow. Full in smugness. fact, the ly is not even on the word. It's it looked 
smug. Oh, my gosh. She looked smug. So she smugly said, you have a fever now. You have a fever now. Well, actually, that's what the, that's what the <laughs> well, she did. According to the thermometer, have a freaking fever. How now. dare you tell me to me like that? I know. I Don't know. Tell it to me like that. But, but Jeffy, you have a fever now. Are you do I look smug? Me do yeah. I look, yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah well, I am. Do. I am smug right now. Stu, you have a fever now. You smug bastard. I know, right? Oh my god. I know. Did you see that? You see how I did that? <laughs> I did. I don't appreciate it at all. Wow. This is, this is a dumbest story about a serious subject I can think of in quite some time. Yeah. And it's really bothering me how many people are rushing to her. I know. Oh, like they're, she's they're the, jumping all over her story. She's like this civil rights hero because she has to be in a tent <laughs> for two days. Crazy. Oh, crazy. we're so sorry. I mean, we are, of course, paying uh, your salary while yeah. you're in there. And look, our, you know, can the, equi- can the uh, circumstances around you be improved to some degree? Probably, yeah. Can you, should you have a shower? Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll, we can get that done for you. You know, yes, you might have and a couple. And that of, all would have been done. It, yeah, it all would have she, been done. And it would be more palatable if she, if it wasn't this like grandiose. I, I am, uh, you know, I am uh, an oppressed party in this awful thing that I don't understand. Bull crap. If you want to say, look, I'm in this thing. I understand you guys have to do this. I understand the reasoning behind it. But can you at least get me a shower? Okay, that's an that's an understandable yeah. argument. Yeah. It's not understandable to come out as if you're the freaking you know uh, apartheid South abused. Africa, and you're like right. you're being been abused for five thousand years. It's just not a legitimate she's, argument. She's a nurse. She knows the risk right here. I mean, there could be a widespread epidemic because of her actions, yeah. and she doesn't know if she has the disease or not. You don't know at this point. That's why the 21-day isolation period, so that the incubation period has a chance to work itself out, and we know whether you have it or not. You don't know at this point, so you can't say, well, I didn't have a fever, so I don't have Ebola. Uh, So I I should be able to go home and go to my job and, and go bowling and go to restaurants and go to movie theaters and spread this all over the all over the country. What are you talking about? She should know better than this, and it's... Just insanity drives me out of my mind. What is the matter with people? Are you really willing to risk the lives of millions of people in this country? Seriously? Just because you you don't want to be inconvenienced for a few days or even a few weeks. I I mean, I would hope, had I gone to a a West African country and tried to help out, uh, that when I came back, I would have the understanding to know that, okay, when I come back, I'm going to have to be isolated yeah. for a while. That's just part of the deal. Right. So when I go over there, I know that when I come back, I'm going to be isolated for yeah. a short while. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's like, here's the thing. If you're going to go to Liberia and treat Ebola patients, mm-hmm. we're going to ask that you be super dedicated to it. Enough, dedicated enough to spend three weeks in a location you don't want to be. That's it. That's what we're asking. I know. It's weird. And if you're not that dedicated, that's okay. Don't go to Liberia. They're going to have to find another way to get their patients treated. Not by you. Because if it's so much of an inconvenience, if you are somehow the one magical person in the universe that finds it less inconvenient to go to Liberia than to go to Newark, well then, I mean, I know they're very comparable in some ways, but I mean, I think he can handle it. I really do, and, and it's, it's, it's a situation where it's just this false sense of anger and outrage that really bothers yeah, me. It, Come on. It's ridiculous. Of course you understand this policy. Is it, 
what are these things like? Is it fun? I, I think no. I no, think it's that, not. Well, fun the medical thing. industry is, has gone out, and they and they do seem to have this vibe, which is these people, these. Um, these regular people don't get it. They, we know how this disease is passed, and they can't get it, and I'm sick of them whining about it. Stop thinking you're going to get it from bowling or... Sh- okay, that's the same group of people who have had members of their own ranks be affected with Ebola. And they don't you, know how they got it. yourself, are someone who is affected with Ebola when you know how it was transmitted. Mm-hmm. You... You are an individual who took all the precautions and still got Ebola. Yeah. You don't get to make an argument in this one. You've already given your argument up when you got Ebola going over there in the first place. You obviously don't know how this has passed particularly well. So, I mean, and this has happened numerous times. All these people that have, got, that have come back here, with the exception of Duncan, have been doctors who were supposed to know every freaking rule about how to treat Ebola patients. Uh, then, of course, there's a five-year-old boy who just got back from West yeah. Africa transported to Bellevue Hospital in New York on Sunday, yesterday, with possible Ebola symptoms. Mm. Um, He was vomiting, had a temperature of 103. Got a fever of 103! (laughs) You can't say that without that. No, you can't. You really can't. Sucks, though. He apparently looked weak. Um, He was greeted by hazmat workers, uh, EMS workers, wearing hazmat suits, which is good. Uh, They said he was really, really out of it. Um, and so he's in the hospital right now being treated for Ebola as well. And we, we don't know for sure if he has it, but obviously uh, we should find out, I guess, sometime today maybe or mm. tomorrow. Meantime, uh, this does not escape the attention of Saturday Night Live, who are dealing with uh, the way Obama is dealing with this mess. Here's a look at that. As you know, just two days ago, another American, this time a doctor in New York, was diagnosed with Ebola. Now, some people want to criticize the way our administration has handled this crisis. And it's true. We made a few mistakes early on. But I assure you, it was nowhere near as bad as how we handled the ISIS situation. (laughs) I mean, our various Secret Service mishaps or the scandals of the IRS and the NSA. And I don't know if you guys remember, but the Obamacare website had some pretty serious problems, too. In fact, if you look at all the stuff that's happened my second term, this whole Ebola thing is probably one of my greatest accomplishments. <laughs> the Ebola virus actually flourishes in warmer clients, uh, climates. Excuse me. So if you live in a southern state such as uh, Louisiana, Arkansas, or Kentucky, you actually may want to avoid any large public spaces like, uh, say, a polling booth. Uh, <laughs> One exception, however, is that we believe Latinos in red states may actually have an immunity to Ebola, so they're good to go. <laughs> Solid. Kind of funny. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's uh, kind of funny. I guess, Ron Klain, right? The guy yeah. they, they named yeah. as the Ebola czar who is nothing yes. but a political hack. And, uh, but if we had done a similar thing like that, we'd be tampering with the vote. We'd, it'd be yeah. voter fraud, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, but SNL could get away with that. I guess uh, Al Sharpton stopped by did. on Saturday Night Live. Uh, thank you, Ron Klain, Ebola Caesar. Okay. First off, yes, Ebola is in New York. But don't worry about me. I'm immune to all infectious diseases, as even the tiniest particles cannot get past this mustache. And all you other New Yorkers shouldn't worry either. People should go about their daily lives, and so should New York's pigeons, Rats and sewer monsters. Because <laughs> if 
if you're worried that some parts of New York are contaminated, you're wrong. All of New York is contaminated all the time. <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome. That's funny. That was really funny. I yeah. love. I like his Sharpton a lot. Yeah, it's good. It's really funny. Triple eight seven two seven back. Triple eight seven two seven back is the phone. Yeah, Nurse kind of looks like Debbie Wasserman Schultz. True as heck, acts like her. Yes, indeed, true. Uh, it was just that there is the nurse, and there's uh, there's Debbie Wasserman Schultz side by side. Yeah, the a little bit. Debbie Wasserman Schultz, a little bit. Yeah, wow, um, wow. That's not that's not good. No, that is not good. That's a, that's a negative. Uh, you I don't want to. It's a negative vibe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be included. It's like if you're on, you show up and your name's on like the world's greatest serial killers list. You're like, how did I get on? Then I don't want to be included on this list. No, that's similar to this. <laughs> Very similar. It's <laughs> almost exactly the same. <laughs> almost the same exact thing, except obviously. Except most obviously, we don't know of any uh, mass killing that Debbie's done. Well, I, at least I will say most serial killers have not done as much damage. I will say that. <laughs> it's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's definitely <laughs> true. It's definitely true. Triple eight seven two seven back. It is uh, the Patton Stewart show. Uh, this is kind of funny because uh, during a press conference this weekend, Mary de Mayor uh, de Blasio was talking about Ebola. And, you know, big, obviously it's a big deal in New York. We've got one confirmed, several other that are, you know, potential, including this five-year-old boy we just told you about. Uh, so he's doing this little press conference, and there's another sign language guy that maybe shouldn't have been there. Have you seen him? Mm. Do you see this? Do you read about that in the paper today? Here's, the, here's what happened. You read about it? We're fully prepared to handle Ebola. Our medical experts here in the city have been studying this disease intensively and working closely with our federal partners and going so far as to consult with doctors uh, in other parts of the country who are on the front line, including in Atlanta and Nebraska, who have directly treated Ebola patients. From the moment what the call came in, <laughs> the process sunny. proceeded exactly as dictated, interviewing the patient, getting the facts, having an EST, EMS team that was specially trained, receive the patient, the handoff at Bellevue as the training dictated. The patient's now being held in isolation at Bellevue and poses no threat to others. First, if you or a loved one this is awesome. feels you may meet the qualifications, meaning you have traveled to the three countries in West Africa that are afflicted in the last 21 days, and you have a fever and other symptoms, it is crucial to call 911 immediately. Why is he words? I don't know. Wait a minute, what's the story? That's not real sign language, is it? No, I don't no think so. I mean, Many people thought not. I don't think he's but saying what de Blasio is saying. I don't think so either. At one point, he acts like he's vomiting. To to <laughs> I mean, that's, that's <laughs> Wait a minute, what's the so story? Great. The story is that he, you know, some people don't think he some people don't think that's that cannot and then there seems to be somebody in the uh, audience he's communicating with yeah they think it's that. another signer maybe the real signing person and he's communicating with him kind of thing i, I i'm nobody's really this. nobody's positive of what was going well, on didn't they grab the guy and talk to him afterwards I, who is he that i was not in the story which is weird 
Oh, it we got we got to dig this story. up. What what is the story behind this? this? Is driving me crazy. I know. We have to find out who is this guy. What was he doing? Why did he do this? <laughs> other than to make me laugh. And then there's someone doing full sign language in mm-hmm. the crowd. Yeah. You could see if you see the hands kind of in the bottom left hand corner corner here. Yeah. You see that person is also doing sign language. It looking it looks like at first I thought maybe they're just communicating with each other. Like he's not actually doing but he's not doing actual sign language. <laughs> like story, the sign for inhaler, which never was said, he does like an inhaler like how you would do a mock inhaler. Like that's not a real sign, is it? I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know sign language. Well, the, the, like but that's the, the, the story the story I really his has tongue the out Twitter like that. Feed. That's not yeah. yeah, the the story I uh, have is has the Twitter feed as it was going on, and the one is they've got a picture of a, <laughs> and whenever they're paying the sign language interpreter at the Ebola press conference, it isn't enough. Right. <laughs> so who is he? What we have to find this out. You don't know who he is, Jeff, either, Jeff. No, how how many no. seriously? How many times has this happened? It happened in at least three. Uh, South South Africa, Africa, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, it yeah. happened at the Mandela funeral. Yeah, there's another one right around that time where the same thing happened. Yeah, one of the guys who had a criminal record was on stage. Yeah. It was another one of the uh, Secret Service fiascos. Yeah. On stage with the President of the United States right next to him. Then you got this guy right next to the mayor of New York City. What What is going on? Can anybody just call up and say, hey, uh, I understand you got a, a press conference going on. I, I'd like to be the President's sign language guy. Oh, uh, okay. Come on up. And then you're in? And then you're is in. Is that how that works? Apparently that's it. <laughs> this is amazing. I love the fact like he's making he's sticking his tongue out. Yeah. He's he's acting like he's like shooting himself in the head at one point. Yeah. Like it, it recreates like, so, a barfing incident. Uh he's pretty animated. All right, this is the all the resources of the Blaze need to be finding out what, <laughs> who this is. Who is this guy? He's got to be just some comedian or something, right? <laughs> I would think so, yeah. This is really interesting. That was my thought. But There's no story on it, Jeffy? This is impossible. Seriously, there was no story on it. You probably read the same thing I did, Jeffy, and there was yeah. no explanation. as to uh, The only thing that was, on, was in there was some thought he wasn't even a real uh, sign language person, I thought. Really? <laughs> well, really? somebody who, is, uh, who knows sign language should be able to answer that like, immediately, so. right? Yeah, I yeah. would think so. Yeah. Who, do we have anyone who knows sign language on staff that can look at this? this I is... do. It's not sign language. I do. It's not sign language. Jeffy, you don't know. You, you don't do even not. know English. You do not. <laughs> you do really, not. What does this mean? Spoons. <laughs> it means spoons. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Uh, more patents, too. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I took up the whole up. break. Fascinated about that guy. We'll do more in a second. Yeah, I promise. And just uh, so you know, when we come back, we'll help you. <laughs> back is the programming. A lot of times shows Indeed. say, hey, the best stuff here. I wish you could hear what, what, what happened in the breaks. We always say the opposite. Mm-hmm. We do not want you to hear what happens in the breaks. <laughs> I'll tell them. No, I would rather you I'm not. Fine. I don't um, care what that. I'm just talking a little, little gram in foreigners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sure. You know. Uh, so uh, we're saying now 10,000 people have Ebola across the world. The mm-hmm. most popular... Uh, Hot uh, Halloween costume is, of course, the Ebola nurse. The sexy Ebola nurse. And there she is. And uh, so it's, a, it's like a, a, you got the mask and then the gloves and then the short little nurse's uniform. Uh, sort of the sexy Ebola containment suit. Leggings or something, yeah. For Butterface. 
<laughs> it's like the butterface suit. Yeah. Because you, you basically you're not seeing anything. You, you can't tell what the person looks like under the mask. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is something that you, Jeffy. Now co comments. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Okay, it's fine. It's okay. Okay. A lot of people don't think so. A lot of people don't think so. There are thousands of people dying right now. Yeah. Because of uh, this, I, and again, not because I, of that outfit. Not because of that. That's that's very true, Jeffy. Good job. I agree. I actually am with you on that. I, yeah, you know, I don't get I bothered by this. We've sort of said stuff. this kind of before. This is how America deals with stuff. Mm -hmm. We, you know, sort of trivialize it so that we can get through our day and our night. And so we do costumes and we do funny or or uh, scary Halloween decorations based around this theme. And, and that's what's happened too. A lot of people, uh, in fact, one of our guys here said that he was going to do the he was going to do the Ebola quarantine house, and he was going to have Ebola quarantine cool tape thing. around his house. I think that's kind of a I cool idea. And and then somebody took it a little bit further in Dallas. Uh, somebody from the uh, the University Park area, which is a nice area here in town, uh, stacked barrels marked biohazard, surrounded his yard with yellow caution tape. Yeah. And uh, marked it to quarantine, and there, there he is. I mean, it really looks junky and uh, and definitely Ebola-like, doesn't it? Yeah. I guess so his, got, his little uniform there says CDC trainee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And kind he's got funny. biohazard uh, barrels out in the front yard and all kinds of uh, orange plastic bags filled with biohazardous material and Caution tape everywhere, which gets kind of cool. I am a little bit hesitant, though. I have not seen a dramatic liberal column uh, yelling at us for not caring about people in Africa dead yet. Like, how dare we mock mm. as there are thousands. And look, I just don't connect those two. You mock things like, you know, we get in trouble every time. Every time Glenn brings up, uh, you know, uh, the history of Nazi Germany, we get, how can you compare? Mm -hmm. How can you make a joke if he were to make a joke about it? It's like, well, you know what? Uh, the producers kind of, they broke that barrier. Hogan's Heroes broke that barrier quite a long time ago. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, talking about um, the history of Nazi Germany, it, it's something where we all look at that is somewhat of an American thing. You go to the darkest places you can for your humor because it does help you deal with it. It's not something, I mean, you know, Saturday Night Live just made a big joke about the Ebola response. Does that make them evil? No. It's, they're talking about what's going on. And sometimes you do need to go to the darkest place uh, that you can find for humor. I mean, it's something I think Americans enjoy generally, and it does not mean we don't care about people in Africa no, or even our own edge people. Off the situation. Yeah. You know, and it, it makes you a little less fearful. I think. And this is something you could definitely panic over. And we don't want to. And, and you shouldn't right now because there's been, uh, you know, the Dallas patients are doing really well now. The two Dallas patients both pretty much recovered. They're out of isolation. You've got the one patient in New York who's definitely confirmed. And then the five-year-old boy who That's may or may not have it. Really so, scary. If he yeah, has it, obviously. I mean, really a five-year-old uh, body, not uh, Makes it tough. Not designed to fight off Ebola. No. Uh, I mean, you know, that's really tough. So we'll hope that's not Ebola, but, uh, you know, and pray for him, and, and uh, we'll see what happens. But in the meantime, you know, we deal with it uh, on a humorous level so that it kind of lightens the tension. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the same thing we do with politics, because if we, if we just, you know, talked about the nastiness all the time of uh, the political situation in this country, we'd go out of our minds. Yeah, well, you can't do that. 
So you got to lighten up the tone from time to time. However, not in this case. Um, from Truth Revolt, a mother of a mm. child with Down syndrome has proclaimed, now, I would have bored him, I would have bored him in an instant. She's the mother of a 47-year-old child with Down syndrome. He's obviously not a child anymore. He's uh, 47 years old. There she is with her arms around him. Um, she says that uh, she would like to turn back the time, the hands of time, and abort him. Oh, my God. Because of the constant care and embarrassment of her son's actions, Jillian Ralph, 69, wishes her son Stephen was never born. In a column for uh, UK's The Daily Mail, she penned an open letter to other mothers-to-be who may be facing a Down's diagnosis for their child and pleads with them uh, to read her story before deciding to have the child. She considers herself a voice, quote, in support of the 92% of women who choose to abort their babies after discovering they have Down syndrome. Is that an accurate unquote. stat? You know anything about the... the Don't know. The, the, the origin of that stat? Not sure, huh? Have you heard? Uh, I don't. I, I feel like I. I feel like I've heard that stat. Ninety-two percent sounds way high. Yeah, really high. Um, I'd like high. to see what that is. I, it's a. It's a, you know, like it's, it's a tough thing, obviously. Um, but to take this person that you supposedly have loved. I mean, listen to this. Um, perhaps you'd expect me to say that over time I grew to accept my son's disability. That now, looking back on that day, forty-seven years later, none of us could imagine life without him, and that I'm grateful I was never given uh, the option to abort. Which, How by the way, is what almost. Every parent of a child with disabilities has ever said. Yeah. <laughs> Almost every single parent of, of a child with Down syndrome or, or cerebral palsy or, or whatever the issue is, they all say our life is greatly enhanced with this, with this child. Yeah. We're, we're, we're so glad that we have them in our lives. And however, if you would have said that about this woman, she says, uh, however, you would be wrong if you said that. Um, now, uh, because while I do love my son and I am fiercely protected above him, I know our lives would have been happier and far less complicated if he had never been born. Mm. I do wish I had an abortion. I wish it every day. That is one of the most wow. inhumane things I've ever heard in my entire life. That is un-freaking un mm. believable. I can't even really believe is. I'm reading that. You know, it's, it's a, you know, what a, what a terrible thing to say about your son. I mean, like, you know... I'm sure. Let's try to be as fair as possible, as they never are to us. I'm sure there are moments when you're going through this when your son has a, a major, you know, if your son has a major disability or your daughter has an extreme medical condition, I'm sure there are moments, your darkest moments, in which you think, I wish this had never happened. I'm sure there are. And I'm sure that's the type of thing that happens to people in those situations. Thank God I'm not in one of them. Um, you know, but, but trying to put yourself in that position, I'm sure there are times where you, know, you want to do things for yourself. You have those selfish moments where you want to do things, and you, and you think you wish things would have turned out another way. Mm -hmm. But to sit here and, and come up with a refined uh, column about it and, act, and express this is the way you felt for multiple decades, I mean, that's just yeah, in, really it's, it's inhuman. I, I can't believe a mother would really ever bad. say that. Uh, she continued, too. If he had not been born, I'd probably have gone on to have another baby, and we would have had a normal family life, and Andrew would have the comfort rather than the responsibility of a sibling. This is obviously his brother. After we're gone. One day, Stephen's doctor sat us down and told us that Stephen needed an operation to remove his spleen. Without it, he said, he'd go to sleep and never wake up. Those were his exact words. Looking back, I believe the doctor was guiding us towards allowing our son to pass away naturally, but we were not much more than children ourselves in our mid-20s. Your mid-20s, you're not much more than children 
when you're 25 years old? <laughs> well, you're still on your parents' insurance. You are still on your parents' insurance, Jeffy. That's a good point. <laughs> I, had, wow. I had two kids by the time I was 25 <laughs> I, I and did didn't understand Jeffy then couple, what he was uh, trying to do for Jeffy us. Jeffy had a few dozen by 25. Wow, that is unbelievable. Uh, dozen. So she claims, I mean, this is a pretty seemingly selfish article. It's all about her. It's all oh, about her. all and about her. What would her life have been like mm -hmm. if she only would have ended his? What, wow. a, what a wonderful way to think about things. Wow, that is, I mean, that That's is. That's a tough one to, to read. That is about. really tough, to, tough. To, to believe that people would think that. And like, look, you go into these situations and sure, do you picture your life differently? <clears throat> Maybe, you know, you, you thought you were going to be doing these grand things and because <clears throat> you have to, the horror show of having to deal with your own offspring, you had to, you had to skip some of those things. But you have to find the joy in that. And these people, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, who, who are um, uh, parents, and we've met many of them, who are parents of kids with disabilities, it's you described it perfectly, Pat. They are universally thrilled to have this in their life they don't yeah. they look at no enriches one wants their, their kid lives. to ha come up with with to have a medical issue like that but it enriches their lives and they make the best of it and they, and, and and nobody understands life better than a parent of a, ch a child with disability if i didn't have any kids i think i could have at least one and maybe two ferraris with the money i spent on them oh my god i could have taken that bought a two-seater just me and my wife have a ferrari i don't need any child seat i don't need a back seat at all i could add at least Two Ferraris, I believe. Jeffy's getting excited over there. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. Trust me, I know how much I I mean, if you so. want to play that on a, on a totally right. selfish basis, yeah. first of all, my life would be incredibly empty without them. Right. Uh, and uh, it, it's unfulfilled. But if you wanted to think of all the benefits of Jeffy, stop it. I know, I know better than that. And so do you. I'm going to come over there and slap you. I didn't say anything. I'm going to slap you. He didn't even say anything. Didn't say he anything. didn't even say anything this time. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're to think purely selfishly, because we spend what? I, I saw a study once that we spend about $250,000 per child uh, before so they leave the house. So you spent $18 million? <laughs> I spent $18 million. Think what I could have done with that $18 oh my million. Gosh. Oh, man. I could have had a French Riviera castle. I could have, like I said, Ferraris. Mm -hmm. Have a nice little Testarossa in the garage. You know, <laughs> be great. A little older car at this point, but yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be a nice Ferrari. <laughs> it's the last time I looked you're, at you're it. You're dating yourself with <laughs> Ferrari knowledge there a little bit, but uh, yeah, no, you could have. Of I could have a Tesla uh, right now. Of course, I could do that anyway because they they have a back seat. Right, too. Yeah, the, the Model they S. They do have the Model S does yeah. have a back seat. Um, you know, look, <clears throat> and this is it's it's a tough thing to balance, right? Like you know. A lot of people, I know you had kids very early. Mm -hmm. Jeffy, what, 13? <laughs> First one was at 14. 14 years old. Uh, you know, I, it was an honest, I, so conception it was an honest to God mistake. <laughs> I'm sure we it was. don't doubt that. Yeah, we don't doubt that. Uh, you know, I waited long, a long time to have kids. My oldest kid is three, so I had what 35, I guess I was mm -hmm. when that happened. Uh, and you know, like, I, and there's a thing, way of looking at that thing. We, we, it was nice to be able to have, uh, you know, we were able to go through a good portion of our career, and we're a little bit more financially sound than some people, you know. But that's not that's that's not the king of the world. Like those things are nice, maybe you know, but that's not the that's not the. 
that's not the way you you're supposed to look at life, right? Like you're not supposed to look at like, hey, we could have had more money, we could have gone on more vacations, we yeah. could have we could have done more, we could have been happier. Yeah. We, 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 I, 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 all the time. And this is a guy whose favorite book title is "The Virtue of Selfishness" by Ayn Rand. It's still pathetic to look at it this way. Human life and your family is important, and you know how I, I don't know how you live with yourself let alone live with your child after this. I it's mean, an amazing it, article. That is amazing. Well, at the end here, uh, they don't live with them. <clears throat> they, uh, the about end of the story says, uh, uh, as of now, he lives uh, in one of the many yeah, homes and home. hospices he's bounced around in. And yeah. not surprisingly, when asked, he now prefers being away from his parents and in the care of his new home. Wow. Yeah, I bet. Wow. So how sad is that? Well, and that's the thing, too. It's like, you know, you're not... Mm. Look, you don't... Uh, sometimes medical... Uh, intervention is something that's needed in, in certain absolutely. situations. Yeah. However, and sometimes you physically just can't take care of yeah, them anymore. absolutely. And but at 47, that might be incredibly difficult. Very so. very difficult, especially because yeah. she's, what, 69? Yes. So, so, so look, very difficult. However, this isn't. what is this even doing to you? You can go do all the crap you're talking about, mm -hmm. right? With the mm -hmm. exception of there might be some financial, uh, you know, if you might be covering some of that. I don't even know. You'd think there, right? Isn't this, uh, is this UK? Yeah. Yeah, so, so you'd think they'd have free health care right. and everything in the glorious world of free health care. Free health care. Somebody's paying for it. Someone's paying for it. But. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents too coming up. Jeffy, by the way, thank you for inviting me to a child twenty seventh birthday party. Yeah, that was really nice. You're welcome. Not not twenty seventh, but the twenty seventh child birthday party. That was great. <laughs> Most disturbed here. It says, it says if Twitterless Pat, meaning you, Pat Gray, yes. mm -hmm. didn't have kids, he would have the most expensive horse and buggy on the mean streets of Helena, <laughs> Montana. Hashtag old. Wow. I think the hashtag old part is the most hurtful thing. Wow, that's very hurtful. Why are they saying that about you, Pat? I don't know, Stu. The appropriate thing, in case you've just turned into the program, we <laughs> call Jeffy old. Mm -hmm. We act as if we're like 20. Right. Jeffy's we, we say Jeffy has all the diseases. Jeffy has all the problems. Right. Jeffy has no money. Right. We, I mean, we, hello, if they're new to the party. Mm -hmm. Well, DM, I, I think we've seen tweets from DM before. Really? So that's ex extremely hurtful. Extremely. <laughs> but whatever. Pat was going to ask you to join him <laughs> at bir birthday party number 34. But now, no, not no. so much. No. Wow. Uh, let's go to uh, Sandy in uh, Texas. Sandy, hi, you're on the Patents 2 show. Hey, hey, I was just going to offer some information on the sign language story. Yes, oh, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, my daughter is a sophomore, and she is taking sign language as her foreign language. Okay. And so she's in her second year, so I asked her about it. And, of course, he was going so fast, she's not that good yet, so she couldn't, you know, decipher everything. Mm -hmm. But she said that the facial expressions are a big part of sign language, that if you didn't do that, it would just be like speaking in a monotone voice. Really? Okay. I've never right. seen anybody that animated, though. <laughs> Have you? Well, she, and, and she did say he was quite animated. Yeah. <laughs> but he was. Maybe that's just his So he's almost screaming his, his sign language is what he's doing. He's screaming. <laughs> is this like somebody who's on Twitter with, like, using all capital letters? <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. like that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll right. tell your daughter Maybe to take some the notes. Maybe he's the of sign language. All right. Thanks a lot, Sandy. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Charlie in Dallas. Uh, Charlie, hi. You're on patents, too. Hi there. Hey. Well, I, I second what she said. Okay. Um, what Sandy said. That's uh, he is animated, and animated is um, 
skilled. Um, I, when I first started learning sign language, um, I would just, you know, it was like a monotone. And, and the deaf, if you can imagine not hearing anything but having to visually see what everybody's saying, mm-hmm. it is um, very difficult, and it puts you to sleep. Mm-hmm. But if a, an interpreter is animated and um, has all the expressions and movements of the body and everything, um, that keeps the deaf interested. Okay, Charlie, let's and, try uh, let's, let's, it, it, let's try something here. Why don't you try to sign us something first not animated, then animated over the phone. Go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you okay. She got that. She got that right away. You couldn't fool Charlie. It would have been fun if she tried it. Yeah, it would have. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. I've been, watching, I, I, I've been watching y'all for years. <laughs> yeah, but... That's what sucks with having a good audience she like knows this. They all know our idiots. Oh, boy. Idiocy. Hey, All right, Charlie, thanks, thanks a lot, Charlie. so much for calling. A lot of calls so from Dallas. So obviously it's real. It's a real deal, mm-hmm. right? And and it's a good thing that you're that animated. I just never seen it. Yeah, I've never it, seen I anybody that animated. Is everyone else uh, ever sucks. seen you sign language? Sign language sucks. Yeah, so we finally saw a good one, and we're like, but he's not even real. <laughs> Look at this buffoon. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, this poor guy's doing his job to like the best of his ability. Like, Look at this moron. It's like, you know, some... not even... come on, get him off the stage. <laughs> Probably a terrorist or something. Why is he singing all those notes so high? <laughs> That's the note of the song. He's an expert singer. You've just never heard anyone sing well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back in a second. Triple eight seven twenty seven back. going on yes the only time it's made any news really to my knowledge is is uh, now because uh uh andrew um andrew aaron andrew aaron lewis from stained uh he's their lead singer sang the national anthem last night before the game between san francisco and kansas city and kind of screwed up the lyrics uh here's what happened Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light? So far, so good. What so proudly we hailed, were so gallantly streaming. Uh, No. Whose broad stripes Uh and bright (laughs) stars. Jay's a little off now. So that's the only. Okay. So that's where he went astray. Yeah. He gets back on course and sings the rest of it right. Uh, And, you know, people get up in arms. It's the national anthem. You want people to sing it right. Uh, But here's what he said All I can say is I'm sorry and ask for the nation's forgiveness. My nerves got the best of me, and I'm completely torn up about what happened. America is the greatest country in the world. The Star Spangled Banner means so much to so many, including myself. I hope I can, I hope everyone can understand the intensity of the situation and my true intent of this performance. I hope that the nation, Major League Baseball, and the many fans of our national pastime can forgive me. Wow. I mean, that's a pretty 
serious apology there yeah. for just messing up some lyrics. And, like, this guy's a good guy. Good uh, guy. He's a guy who really loves yeah. the country. You've seen him on The Blaze yep. a million times with Will Cow. Uh, he, they're close friends. Um, you know, he, he, it just sucks that it happened to him. And it's one, not one of those situations, like, what typically happens is, is like, people don't even know the words of the song. It's like, you know, uh, gallantly dreaming. And you're like, wait a minute. You, yeah, you and even, then you're just making up stuff. You're just making stuff up that sounds kind of like the word. I mean, he just got a little bit lost in his position in the song. I mean, he obviously knows the song. Yeah. But, you know, I, yeah, singing uh, the National Anthem at a World Series has got to be nerve-wracking. Well, that's what he said. Yeah. And uh, so, you know... He, a guy who really does, really is a patriotic guy and really does love the country. You hate to see it happen. It's usually some, like, you know, uh, Christina Aguilera type, you know, that's just out there. And, like, she's probably only, she does, just doesn't know the lyrics and just goes out there and doesn't really seem to be that, all that broken up about it. In fact, mm -hmm. I can't remember ever, after one of these incidents, uh, incidences, ever, anyone ever saying anything about it. I can't remember any comment from these people who have screwed this up. This guy is taking this seriously, and it's nice to see. I, I actually looked at it and I just kind of felt bad that he felt that bad about it. It's, you know, it was a minor mistake, and it sucks, but, you know, you move on. Yeah. And, I mean, people have screwed it up so much worse than that. Oh, yeah. Done crotch grabs like Roseanne Barr. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that was just a hideous, disrespectful presentation of the national anthem that's not what happened here he no just, like he said his nerves got the best of him and he screwed it up screwed it up a little bit i actually like stained uh right here waiting it's a great song you're not a big fan yeah no i mean uh, it wasn't my favorite era of alternative music um and but you know it's a huge band and, and yeah. uh, you know i actually kind of I've grown to really like him just because of what he's done since he, you know, since that era. You know, with the stuff he's done with Andrew and, uh, you know, really speaking out for the Constitution and, uh, and, and yeah. you know, the country in general. Seems I mean, to be pretty like libertarian, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. That's my understanding. My understanding mm -hmm. is that he's, you know, straight out libertarian. And I remember seeing him. He appeared somewhere. I can't remember where it was. Uh, but he was on some, like, big show. And, you know, he's, he's a you know, former frontman of Stain. He's out there doing big interviews on music channels, and he was wearing a Will Cow Majority t-shirt. And I was like, that's wow, cool. that's awesome. Like, that's this nice. guy's out there. Yeah. I, you know, I, th I thought that was pretty cool. So uh, he's a good guy, and, you know, everybody makes a mistake. I like that he owned up to it, though, and, yeah. and really said, hey, look, I, you know, I'm really, this, is, this is eating me up. It shouldn't, Aaron. I mean, I, yeah, you know, I really shouldn't. Yeah, relax. Yeah. We, we understand. Um, <laughs> also, somebody who's uh, just a straight-up uh, buffoon, Christian Bale. Uh, playing Moses in the upcoming movie Exodus, Gods and Kings, says uh, he, well, he doesn't appear to be a fan of the biblical figure he's portraying, apparently. He says, I'm quoting now, I think the man was likely, he's talking about Moses here, I think the man was likely schizophrenic and was one of the most barbaric individuals that I've ever read about in my life, unquote. What? One of the most, how many people have you read about in your life? Uh, that's what I'd like to know. Christian, mm. <laughs> what mm. are you talking about? And what are you doing now? The movie's not even out yet. You're trying to get people excited for the movie. It doesn't come saying. out until December, I think, right? So now he's given people enough time to marinate over what the hell is going on with this movie now, too. Is it going to be another Noah kind of situation where they changed the biblical story so much that you can barely recognize it? You know, I get, like, I know I'm probably supposed to like the movie if it's, if it's good and judge it on its merits, but, like, I find it really difficult, too, in this situation. It's like you're coming out and you're trashing 
Moses. Yeah. Like, can't Moses escape criticism? <laughs> Even Moses has to be trashed in this freaking society? To like, me, I just no. 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 To me, no. No. Right. no. I don't think so either. And it's just like, yeah. to me, it's just like, I forget it. I'm done. We played this trailer a few yeah. weeks ago when it first came out. It I, I said it looked, looked great. great. I can't wait to see it. I have yeah. no interest in seeing this thing now. I, I, to be honest with you, after hearing this, these comments are worse, I think, than the comments we heard from the director of Noah. At they least are. as bad. They At are. least as bad. I think they are. And so I just I have no interest. I'm trying to think. What was the deal with the Noah director? What did he say about? Oh, he said, he it, was he said it was about environment, yeah. environmentalism. Um, well, this director. Or the producer? Who was it that said that the uh, parting of the Red Sea was caused? It was Ridley Scott, so yeah. it's, the, it's the director. Really? I thought B Bale said that. He didn't say that? That was Ridley no. Scott. Ridley Scott said uh, that he thinks that the Red Sea was caused by an earthquake. Uh, what? In other words, what? I mean, look, as Glenn was kind of trying to give him the point there and saying, like, maybe that's the way God did it. And fine. Well, yeah, his, the, the guy who tries to tie every one of God's miracles into science, I mean, I... I'm okay with that effort, I guess, because who knows the uh, the method by which God yeah. operates? Right. Um, does he use like a, uh, a comet to create uh, a certain event on Earth, like the you know maybe the star of of Bethlehem or you know whatever the case may be? I don't know. I don't. I don't think it works like that. I, I think he. If he wants to part the Red Sea, he doesn't need a special circumstance to do that. No. I, I think he can just part the Red Sea. I think so, too. I, I, I think, I don't know, I, we've talked about this in, in miracles in general on the air before. And it, my, my general belief is that he absolutely can do that whenever he feels like it. Yeah. Most of God's miracles, I believe, though, do come within the general realm of the... The, the rules that we all work under, right? Like, you know, like, I always say, like, the one example I use, and I don't think everyone agrees with this, but, like, I believe the MRI and the CAT scan mm -hmm. are miracles. I mean, these are things that have saved unknown amount of life. I mean, yeah. it's, it, you almost yeah. can't even calculate it. But it was something that happened. There, there's not some new, you know, scientific law that created it. It was just, inter it was some, you know, my belief is that it was some sort of, uh, you know, Divine intervention that led those scientists to get to that point. Where they, oh, yeah. The, the, so and the gift of logic to mm -hmm. be able to somehow figure out a way to make all that stuff happen so we didn't have to cut into people every time we wanted to see something. I mean, things like that. And, uh, you know, I believe that's the vast majority of miracles. But the miracles that God can do whatever the heck he wants. You know what I mean? Like, if he wants to make Jeffy into a good human being, he could theoretically do that. <laughs> you know, if he wanted to cure the 9,000 no, because he wouldn't take he away he wouldn't take away his free will, so he oh, could yeah, not crap. do that. Yeah, could but I mean, you know, like, but it's it's <laughs> yeah. And plus, why bother? Uh, but uh, <laughs> you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, so I think with it, like you can you can do that. The, the context of these comments seems to be, however, look. A lot of dumb people believe the Bible. However, yeah. these events may have even happened by an earthquake. That's the and, offensive and, part of it. And that I can't take. I mean, yeah. it, especially, I can take it from society. I can take it from Hollywood. I can take it from, but I'm not going to take it from someone who I'm going to see the truth about Moses from. Right. Like, uh, if that's what you believe, you're not going to present this story accurately. And you're right. It wrecks the movie. Yeah. When, when you get to that scene now where, and it's, I mean... In Exodus and Gods and Kings, it's the penultimate scene in the movie, right? Where the Red Sea parts. It's the one everybody's waiting for. And so now we've been told, yeah, that's not a miracle. That's just an earthquake. <laughs> I mean, an earthquake parted the sea. They, two million people then crossed the Red Sea on dry land. And then it just happened.
to close on the Egyptians. That's all. <laughs> miracle. That's not a miracle. Uh, that ruins it for me. Yeah. That wrecks it. That wrecks it. It, it. it does for me, too. What because... an amazing coincidence that just at that moment mm -hmm. when Moses raises his staff against the sea and, and you know, the Lord gives him the power to, to part it, there happened to be an earthquake. That's an amazing coincidence. Yeah. Amazing. I, I mean, let, let me play, in this case, very accurately, devil's advocate for a second. Mm -hmm. Is there something to be said for the fact that you don't have to love Ronald Reagan to play Ronald Reagan. You don't have to love Hillary Clinton to play Hillary Clinton. You don't have to. Yes. Uh, you don't ha like. I don't go to a movie about a serial killer and think to myself, "Well, this person absolutely loves the serial killer, and that's why I know he's going to do this story justice." No, that's yeah. You that's know, not like, a requisite. Right. It's not. And so maybe we should look past it. I just get. I find myself, however, in this particular case, this is the you know. Uh, prophets of God, I think, are a little bit different. Yeah, I think you should at least believe. At least, you know, yeah, at least you want to do justice to this story. Yeah. And maybe I'm maybe I'm cutting Christian Bale short. Maybe this will be an amazing movie, and he did it exactly the way it was supposed to be done. Just in real life, he doesn't believe any of it. I, that's certainly possible, I guess. I, I mean, they are actors, right? I mean, they're, mm -hmm. they're going and playing yeah. a role. So maybe I'm being overly sensitive here. You know, I don't know. And, we, and you keep in mind, <clears throat> John Voight did play FDR. You know, so hmm. I guess people on the right have played people on the left. And certainly people on the left have played people on the right, but usually and in that a negative all way. The time. Usually in a negative way, though. Yeah. Like, what was it Josh Brolin who played um, George W. Bush? Yeah. And, you know, it was a very unflattering uh, portrayal of him. Mm -hmm. And you'd understand that. Uh, to, to get the... And these are, you know, this is the thing. There's no downside to Moses. There's no... Like, there's no controversy over whether Moses was a good guy. Moses is Moses. Yeah. It's not supposed to be. Like, you know, you're talking about a, a contemporary political, you know, person who, you know, hey, I think he was great with low taxes, and I think he didn't do enough for AIDS research. Okay, I can understand there's some, uh, you know, divisiveness there. This is, this is Moses. Either you think he didn't exist at all, and you think this is just mythology, uh, or mm -hmm. you think he's a great guy? Like yeah. I, I don't know. Why is there a case here that? Oh well, you know, Moses he sucked. Moses just blew. <laughs> but why do we're we telling have... the real story about how Moses blew. He, he what a jerk. And that like, seems to be why what they're doing. Noah's a jerk. Moses is a jerk. None of these people were good people. Yeah. You have to portray them that way, or people are going to like them. It's what they did with the founders. The same thing. Yeah. They all were, you know, sure, they're part of history, but they're all jerks, and they were all awful people who just wanted to own slaves and have sex with their slaves. That was the entire, grand, the entire scope of their existence. Yeah, you can't have any decent uh, people to look up to anymore. You just, uh, they're taking them all away from yeah. us, or trying to at least. Um, meanwhile, there's another movie coming out uh, soon called uh, Interstellar, which looks, uh, from the previews, pretty good. It's, it's Matthew McConaughey. And he's an astronaut who, I guess, travels to another place to find a habitable planet because Earth isn't anymore. Right. And I'm guessing it's a global warming sort of situation. Here's the trailer. Global warming has murdered the planet. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to give it something socially responsible to do. Can't we just let it go? This thing needs to learn how to adapt, Murph. Our game must mask up. Mm. Like the rest of us. Mm. 
world's a treasure. It's been telling us to leave for a while now. Your daughter's generation will be the last to survive on Earth. You're the best pilot we ever had. Get out there and save the world. Everybody ready to say goodbye to our solar system? To our galaxy. Here we go. down fast, don't we? Actually, we want to get there in one piece. Hang on. We have a mission. Our mission does not work if the people on Earth are dead by the time we pull it off. Well, we got this far, farther than any human in history. Oh, well, not far enough. Make it count. Where's the mountains? Those are mountains. The waves. Am I gonna make it? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You might have to decide between seeing your children again and the future of the human race. We'll find a way. Matthew McConaughey makes me uh, laugh. No. <laughs> I well, mean, it looks great, but I yeah. can't stand the global warming nonsense. Mm -hmm. I, ca I can't take it. I just can't. I don't know if I can handle this. No, Nolan and his crew, Nolan's the director, turned to Kip Thorne, a renowned U.S. theoretical physicist who has long studied the far reaches of the universe, uh -huh. for help on creating the black hole and the astronauts that the astronauts travel through. Nolan said parts of the spaceship were also built and used on the set rather than green screen for special effects. If you look at this film and you look at what we are, uh, we are right now in the, in the world, where we are right now in the world, I should say, and the climate changes that are, that are happening, you have to push forward and evoke some kind of positive change in your life in the world. It's an incredible, thrilling movie. So, yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. that does seem like what they're basing it on. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and it's funny because uh, we are t constantly taunted on the right for being these pessimists that say... Oh, you know, we're going to, you know, the financial system is going to collapse and, um, you know, uh, that, you know, we have no faith in our politicians and the government is never does his job. And we're constantly attacked for this when there is a side of the argument that is almost exclusively on the left that constantly says we are going to all die mm -hmm. because of the earth is going to get mad at us and kill us. That's essentially their argument. <laughs> and they, they say it all the time. Yeah. It's the most pessimistic, pessimistic view that could possibly be expressed. All human beings dead because of our SUVs. And we are, we, we are the pessimistic ones somehow. It is because of our SUVs. I should, have, I should have said that. <laughs> it is. Mm -hmm. uh, um, by the way, uh, we, we, sh we should see if we can pull up the uh, Jim Carrey commercial as Matthew McConaughey from Saturday Night Live this weekend. I know we already ran a Saturday Night Live thing. If it's possible, it would be really good. Or maybe we can do it tomorrow. I don't know. I don't know what their rules are. They have really weird rules on what we can air and what we can't. I think the next day you can air some of it. Okay. Maybe we can. If we could pull it up, it would be it was, it was very funny. It was a parody of Matthew McConaughey's Lincoln commercials that he's been doing. Oh, really? Yeah. From was, Jim Carrey? Oh, please. we got to have that. It's <laughs> very funny. Oh, that's <laughs> got to really be good. good. All right. 888-727-BECK. More Pat and Stu. Inevitable.
like climate change. It's, it's coming. Okay. It's here. It's coming. We're it's all going to die because of it. Yeah. It's it, here. Deal with it. Okay. Tweets. Apparently, Pat was at the Nebraska Northwestern game a couple of weeks ago. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It's amazing you didn't tell yeah. us you were you're going to be there. <laughs> Thank you. So your stand nice. singer, uh, who made fun of uh, Christine Aguilera's national anthem, uh, screwed up his own national anthem. Oh, this sucks. So he uh-huh. he heard about the Christine Aguilera thing and was trashing her about oh, it? Oh, yeah. What uh, Do you have a quote? I guess I just don't understand how people who sing the national anthem can be so effing self-absorbed <laughs> that they would try to change the effing song. Oh, if there's a single oh, song in the history of this country that deserves no creative <laughs> interpretation, it's that one. Well, he didn't yeah. give it... In- to his, uh, no, he didn't. No. no, he didn't. To be fair, he didn't give it creative interpretation. He sang it as is. He just sang it wrong with the wrong lyrics. He just mixed up the lyrics. So, I mean, he didn't try to change the tune, right? And that's what so many try to do. Right. Yeah, I would say. Um, but still, uh, it's probably not a good moment. No, for him. no, and it sucks that you know you don't want to be the guy who who sings it wrong after you made fun no, of someone else for singing no, you it don't. But, I mean, I think this is, you know, you treat it as a, a good moment in human, learning a little bit about humility, and you say, hey, I, I mean, it's probably a good idea to apologize to Christina, maybe. Uh, but still, I'm sure he will do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, look, it, it sucks. I will say it's very difficult to get up there and do something like that, and, you know, you, you could screw that up. It happens. It really does. And, you know, he does obviously at least know the words, though. Yeah. Uh, unlike some people who have done it who didn't know the words. <laughs> they just started singing other yes. words to different songs, and yes. that's probably not a good idea. Uh, now, we were talking about uh, global warming a minute ago. Uh, the percentage of USHCN na- uh, stations to reach 90 degrees. HCN. What? Uh, uh, he- headline News Network. No. <laughs> no? Anybody know what HCN stands for? HCN stations? Must be some sort of weather station that they mm-hmm. officially use. Anyway... Uh, the number of the percentage of them to reach 90 degrees was the smallest on record this year. Strange. With four of the five coolest years occurring, uh, I don't understand what that means, above 350 ppm CO2. What, what the hell? What, what does that mean? Uh, 350 ppm CO2 is parts per million CO2. Right, but which, which... five of the coolest years occurring above. Oh, okay, five of the coolest years oh, okay. have occurred when the CO2 levels... Mm-hmm. Or the highest, right? I don't know. Like, and uh, Steve Goddard, uh, this is on I his see. site, uh, and Steve Goddard's a hell of a lot smaller than I, smarter than I am. Yep. He also might be smaller. I don't know his height, uh, <laughs> but he is definitely a lot smarter than I am. Although I would not. The way this is summarized and has been summarized in the media is the U.S. is having its coolest year on record. It's not really how you would measure that. Like, you wouldn't measure because individual stations didn't would, hit 90 degrees. Although that, that's a good indication because we're told the heat waves are more right. common. Yes. Now. So that I think there's something to be said for this, and it's an interesting there thing is. that you would not predict. However, I don't know that it means it's the coolest on record. I mean, the coolest. Well, on the, the coolest on record would be to me the coolest average 
temperature. And that's right. what this debate is about, typically. So, But I guess part of it is, and, and this is one of the big things that uh, you know, people on the left and, and people who are really hardcore with global warming will say, well, there's going to be a lot more heat waves, like in France in the mid-2000s, yeah. early 2000s, when you know, tens of thousands of people died. You know what the temperature was, by the way, when that happened? You know what the you, you know what the yeah, Fahrenheit yeah, yeah. temperature was yes, typically uh, 135, <laughs> 140, too low, too low, 165, <laughs> too low, 2,000 degrees. It was 20 million degrees, <laughs> five billion degrees. <laughs> Which one? It was 173 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh wow, well, I was closer the first couple every day. times. Every day, was that temperature never dropped. The active HCN station. Yes, yes. Yeah. Because that is the historical climatology network. Yes, it is. It is. Thank um, you for that. What, so what was the temperature? Do you know? Or the temperature you... typically, when it gets like that in France, about 90 degrees. Sometimes that, it would peak at about 95. <laughs> These are temperatures that aren't even hot if you're talking about Dallas, Texas. But because it's so incredibly cool as a rule in Europe in the summer, it's like in the 70s. 60s and 70s are normal days for them, and, and a really hot day is 80. But when it gets to 90, they don't know what to do with themselves. And because it's usually so cool in the summer, they don't typically have uh, central air and nobody has air conditioning units. So what happens then is that the older people who are shut-ins or whatever, they're in their apartment, they have no air conditioning. And yeah, sometimes it gets really hot for them. Nobody checks on them because all of Europe goes on vacation and they leave their elderly there to languish by themselves. And like 14,000 people died. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I it wasn't because it was 115, you know, and that's that's the impression they leave you with that it's so hot in Europe. I mean, this heat wave is a killer heat wave. And so because you're thinking American heat wave, you're thinking it's like so outrageously hot that, yeah, m millions are dying. No, it's like 90 degrees. Yeah, and I think I can't remember. It was one of Glenn's books. I want to say it was an inconvenient book in which there's a chapter on global warming. And at the end of it, it talks about this French thing. And how everyone wants to spend, you know, trillions of global of dollars of global GDP to address these issues and try to manipulate the temperature by about a half a degree over a century. And it's like, well, you could either spend trillions of dollars, or when one of these things happens, fourteen thousand people are in danger. You could deliver them the fifty dollar air conditioner that uh, it, would, it would take to cool them. <laughs> you could do that. Be a little bit of a lower cost plan, you think? Um, yeah. In fact, you could yeah. buy everybody on the yeah. planet pretty much. In fact, and, and the way you could easily do it is take take out the, you know those giant office buildings that your horrible economy have uh, ruined over the years. You could turn on their power and have people go there to them <laughs> and stay inside <laughs> there. These are concepts that I'm because what an air conditioning does, Pat, is it conditions huh. the air to, be to a what? more pro appropriate temperature for huh. humans. We came up with that invention quite a long time ago. Huh. Yeah, we don't weird. need to. We don't need to go into the atmosphere and try That's to change weird. the parts per million of one particular uh, element of, of the uh, atmosphere. Which I mean, is... think about how absurd this is when you talk about. Because I I don't argue that uh, that there will never be a change in our temperature. There will never be a difference in our climate well, from we today. Know there's going we to be. know. We've looked through history. We know this happens all the time. Yep. What we need to do is not act like God and that we can predict what's coming every 10 seconds and instead adapt to circumstances as they present themselves. Mm -hmm. If we are to instead save the trillions of dollars of GDP, spend them on things that are sensible, and then when we get to that point where, uh, you know, hey, we need to deal with a six-inch uh, sea level rise in one city, well, you can address that. You address that there. 
and then you address something else in another place. You can't actually tell me you think you're going to manipulate the global temperature down to the half degree with any level of competence. Even if you do fully understand it, trust me, you will screw it up. The, the, uh, the Kyoto Treaty is a perfect example of that. Yeah. The, United, uh, the, the, uh, the European countries that signed on to that all promised to make their um, emissions below, I think it was pre-1990 levels. Now, of course, pre-1990, it was really convenient considering they did it much later than, I think they did it, what was it, 90, 98? I think they did that treaty. So they said pre-1990 levels because they got a nice little cushion out of the Soviet Union collapsing. Um, so it was easier to hit all their numbers. Um, but regardless, they still, the European um, uh, uh, continent largely missed their numbers. And dropped them, and many of, of them. Many of them dropped them, the standards completely. Mm -hmm. and, and, it, and when they did hit their numbers, or they had the most successful, was because they did things that just the market made more sensible. They went from, uh, you know, they changed from, um, I can't remember exactly, it was, I think it was coal to natural gas because uh, that wound up making sense for their country, not because of environmental reasons, but because of other reasons. And, well, you know, the market will eventually... Um, lead us to technologies that make us safer, that make us healthier, that make the, make us cleaner. That's what countries do. And we always talk about this with, uh, you know, if you go to Pittsburgh, and I know you're probably uh, on a vacation to Pittsburgh any time, but it's actually a really cool city. And you go to Pittsburgh, and you go there, and you can go through. They have museums of what Pittsburgh was like in the day with the industry. There are days where you can't even see 10 feet in front of you because it's just black smoke everywhere. And over time, People said, wait a minute, we don't want this black smoke anymore. Let's invest in cleaner technologies because they wanted them. It wasn't because the government said you have to have them. It was because people eventually found a better way to do things. That's what we do in society. And, and for, we're supposed to deny that instinct. We're supposed to deny that we're going to make any innovations in the future. We're always going to be doing the same things the same way we are now. We're always going to have evil coal power and evil oil energy and all that. It's, just, it's, it's a ridiculous argument. And it's specious, and we should call it out. I think you just did. Ready to go. See, that's I won't take it anymore. Back to you, Pat. More coming up. Back to you, Jeffy. 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 Pat. Stu, Jeff. Jeff. Jeff Stu. I'm frustrated. Anger. I'm going to take a drink now. stepped in it again this weekend. The audio is really tough to ascertain. Um, it's it's kind of hard to hear, but she was... Well, it sounded a lot like this. <laughs> Not anybody! Actually, it wasn't even that clear. I uh -oh. wish it was. Oh, I wish it was. But she's uh, she went to a rally for Martha Coakley, who's uh, Who, ready for... By the way, is in the middle of butchering another race in Massachusetts and yeah. losing to a Republican. If she loses... The Senate and uh, the governor's race in Massachusetts to a Republican. I think it's safe to say she's not going to get a third chance. I think that's great. She lost to Scott great. Brown. And then who's the other yeah. guy? Baker, I think, is running this time. 
um, in, in, uh, in, in Massachusetts for governor. Oh, they might, right. they might r elect another Republican oh. governor in Massachusetts because Coakley's so <laughs> terrible. Who's the Republican candidate? I think his name is Baker. Is that right, no, Pat? I, or Jeff? I've got to find out because I just saw a headline today that talked about uh, the Boston Globe endorsing the GOP candidate. That's really? The first, <laughs> the first the time. Boston the Globe? The first time in like 20 years or something. Like wow. So I'll, I'll find out the name. Wow. We'll get okay. to this Hillary audio in just a second, but I, I was... I was uh, seeing lots of ads uh, this weekend for uh, for political candidates. Um, I just happen to be watching some local TV for whatever reason. I think oh well, you know this all the sports is on it too. And uh, first of all, Wendy Davis is still running the wheelchair ad. Yeah, still still running it has not. Still she still thinks that's her best argument mm -hmm. that my opponent is disabled. She thinks that's a good argument. And Greg Abbott has a lot of ads on. His are very. Uh, positive. Dan really Patrick positive. Uh, has a lot of ads running now. Yeah. Um, and his opponent, um, I, again, I don't know who she is, but you know, uh, you know, obviously, we, we hope Dan Patrick wins that race. Um, but it's funny because uh, the ads on the, on the Democratic side in Texas are incredibly desperate. They're just all these like mm -hmm. the one. Th this is why I wanted to bring this up. The, the one running by, uh, being run by the woman who is opposing um, Dan Patrick essentially accuses him of being a rapist. Uh, it's, it's almost to the line. Oh. Like, I mean, he's, maybe he didn't rape himself, but he certainly likes rapists quite a bit, I'll tell you that much. And th there's this footage of just, there's like, Dan what? Patrick said he would not, you know, he, he didn't care about women who were raped or some cr ridiculous ac accusation. And there's this woman of this, B, the B-roll of this woman, close-up of her just crying. There's tears coming out of her. Like, was this woman raped? Are they using a rape victim in this ad? Or is it just general woman crying indicates to me she's been raped? Wow, what? I haven't seen that You one. have to see it. But it's funny because the ads on the Democratic side are incredibly desperate. The ads on the Republican side are generally positive. And look, you know, they got to get out there in Texas. Yeah, and they got to yeah. go dog so you can understand that. But at the end, it just flashes that there's a Greg Abbott. And he just smiles. And, you know, Dan Patrick, and he smiles. For the, for the other side, it's like... Uh, hi, I'm Wendy Davis, and uh, you know I'm going to be a great governor for you. And then there's 57,000 newspaper endorsements all around her head. Like, the Republicans have no support from any friggin' media source, and they're still winning by 20 points down here. Mm. This is why we moved here, because Texas is at yep. least moderately sensible at this point, and it is nice. I don't know if they're going to elect Hillary Clinton. I, I don't think so. Uh, it does not seem likely that she'll get the, the state of Texas, but... At this point, so Georgia and Kansas are our two closest Senate races, so I don't know what the hell's going on anymore. So we have a Texas a person running for office in Texas that's saying her opposition raped someone and I wasn't consulted? <laughs> Jeffy is a rape expert. I could have got consulted um, money out of that race? Again, search Jeff Fisher rape expert. Yes, uh, the Boston Globe did... Uh, the Democratic candidate for governor of Massachusetts just got some more bad news. Attorney General Martha Coakley became the first Democratic governor candidate in 20 years not to receive the endorsement of the Boston Globe. Charlie Baker. The Charlie Baker. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's pretty interesting. <clears throat> so I took us on a big tangent there, but this is, the, this is about the Hillary Clinton audio. And again, really this, this echoes Elizabeth Warren. Mm -hmm. It echoes yeah. uh, Barack Obama. Uh, this is this sort of belief that the pro that progressives have about this, you. You're not doing it. They are. This is the new progressive. This is the this new is Democrat the Party. They are hardcore progressives. L listen to what Hillary Clinton said at this rally. Don't let anybody, don't let anybody tell you that, um, you know, it's 
corporations and businesses that create jobs. What? You know, that old theory, trickle-down economics. That has been tried. And worked. That has failed. No. It has failed rather <laughs> spectacularly. Has it? Uh, when? Wow. Where? Interesting perspective. Where has that failed? Hmm. Uh, it's made the United States into the most successful country that oh there's gosh. ever been. These people is that awful. the failure you're speaking of? They are awful. I mean, that is unreal. Like, you think about go back before. Even Businesses before. don't create jobs, meaning the government does. I guess. Right? I, I don't know what else. Her only out there is that she did say that. Yeah, she did say you could maybe make the argument. Well, you do. You create right. the jobs you're hired for. She... No, <laughs> You do. I'm just saying that's her. I'm just saying it, giving you her. What did she say? She didn't say it. Is that what she's saying that, that people do? People that aren't part of a business. Uh, I, I think mean, she's trying to. Be, I think she's trying about? to do some corporation blaming, and as is the oh, case with so Hillary Clinton, bad. she blows it. She throws so in businesses, yeah. which means small businesses. When you say corporations, people think yeah. IBM. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. Ford Motor Company, giant corporations, these evil, heartless, uh, Dow Chemical, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. Monsanto, all these evil corporations that we're all supposed to hate. Well, now Monsanto right, I know, is you're a big one on that one. Monsanto but, is <laughs> but the whole point is, but that's what they want, right? Wait. They want the image that you, that, that yes, you have that of I Monsanto. Have of Monsanto. You, or, uh, you know, of uh, what Jeffy yeah. has of, of, uh, you know, of everybody. Forget it. <laughs> I was going to go somewhere dark, but I decided not to. The point here is, though, she tried to make that into this evil corporate overlord, mm -hmm. fat cats argument, and, and essentially named small businesses. She wants businesses. it to be like the Koch brothers. Kind yeah. Of yeah. And, it's, uh, she, and again, this is just another signal, and this is something for us to remember going forward. She's terrible. <laughs> the good thing about this is she's yeah. terrible. Did you hear at the end she's of that? She's not a good candidate. Did you hear some more of that? Right after when she's talking there, she talks about that she invokes Bill. So, of course, throws Bill in with, you know, my husband is often uh, fond of saying when people ask him, what you what did you bring to Washington? I brought Monica Lewinsky to Washington. That's and, what I brought. And arithmetic. Yeah. And arithmetic? <laughs> and arithmetic. He brought arithmetic That's to yeah, Washington? Yes, he did. Okay. Hmm. Yes, okay. he did. Hmm. Okay. I thought of you as soon as I heard of it. He he brought he brought an arithmetic problem arithmetic. where where it, what what was on paper didn't really work out in reality. <laughs> what was on paper didn't really translate to reality. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Also, we have uh, uh, Charles Barkley, who you know, on the one hand, is a total buffoon on certain issues. On the other hand, sometimes he's got a little common sense. You be the judge here. Uh, here's Charles Barkley on problems in the black community. Did you see the Mike Freeman story about Russell Wilson? I heard that. I heard about it. And, you know, for those people listening, Mike Freeman wrote a piece about Russell Wilson where he quoted unnamed players saying he wasn't black enough, <laughs> that he was too too much of a company guy and that sort of thing. Now, Mike disagreed with the, the, the statement, but some of the players said <laughs> that. Is that the same case where, like, why would you hate Russell Wilson? Well, unfortunately, as I tell my white friends, we as black people, we're never going to be successful, not because of you white people, because of other black people. When you are black, you have to deal with so much crap in your life from other black people. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's a dirty, dark secret. I'm glad it's coming out. It comes out mm -hmm. every few years. I wrote a big chapter in my book about it, to be honest with you. I said, you know, when young black kids, you know, when they do well in school, the, the, the loser kids tell them, Oh, you're acting white. The kids who speak mm. intelligently, right. uh, they tell them you're acting white. 
So it's a dirty, dark secret in the black community, one of the reasons we're never going to be successful as a whole because of other black people. And for some reason we are brainwashed to think if you're not a thug or an idiot, you're not black enough. If you go to school, make good grades, speak intelligent, and don't break the law, you're not a good black person. And it's a dirty, dark secret, Anthony. Wow. That's, I, I mean, mean, you can't say that That's kind of completely stuff. racist. Uh, <laughs> I mean, think about what, uh, what a terrible, man, terrible thing you are saying when you say you can't be successful. If you're not a th- like, how racist is it? Again, this is not Charles saying this, but this is mm-hmm. uh, the community he's describing as a whole, this vibe he doesn't like in the black community of saying, if you are intelligent, you're not, you are you're not being out. black. Yeah, that's and that is crazy. completely crazy. racist. Well, and this all stems from the fact that the Seattle Seahawks just traded uh, Percy Harvin. And people were asking, why? Why would they get rid of such a great player? And why? W- w- what was the deal? And apparently, one of the deals was that Percy Harvin perceives Russell Wilson as not black enough. Right. And yeah, that was, uh, and he said Mike Freeman. That's interesting. That's a guy. I, 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 he, I see some of his stuff on. I think he writes for Bleacher Report, and he, he's constantly involved in the, the racial end of things. I would say he seems mm. to constantly be talking about it. So I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's their. He was their go-to guy on this, um, and he said he didn't agree with it. I have. I, have, I didn't read that particular piece, but it, would, it wouldn't surprise me. He seems to have a you know a handle on that. Yeah. So. Um, okay, so so that's part one. Here's uh, more of Charles Barkley, who uh, pretty brutally honest here. One of the reasons a lot of black players go broke is because when you're successful, your friends say, oh, you ain't cool, you ain't down with us yeah. anymore, and you end up giving up all your money to these damn losers, and you end up broke again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's a dirty, dark secret in the black community that a lot of black people who are unintelligent, who don't have a uh, success... Wow. It's best to knock a successful black person down because they are intelligent, they speak well, they do well in school, and they are successful. And they don't. I mean, think about it. Well, it's crabs in a barrel, right? It's crabs in a barrel. And it's the thing that's funny. I, we're the only race that tell people if you don't have street cred, which like that means you've been arrested. Right, 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 right. Like that's a pet, that's a compliment. We're the only ethnic group who say, hey, if you go to jail, it gives you street cred. It's just typical BS that goes on when you're black, man. Don't don't waste a lot of time on it, please. Because it's just so – Russell Wilson has it uh, – you know, it's, I don't know Russell Wilson. I met him and said hello, but just because he studies the playbook all the time, he doesn't go out clubbing and things like that, I guess some of the other players, uh, you see what happened with Percy Harvin, I guess they didn't like the way – they want him to do crazy stuff, and he didn't want to do it. Mm. Interesting. I don't know the crab in a barrel. Uh, <laughs> either. Jeffy, can you look that up? Crab in a it's like crab in a barrel. I don't. I don't. I, I know mean, fish in a barrel. I don't know the crab thing. in a barrel. You you Is are it? our uh, our our expert on crabs. On crabs. <laughs> <laughs> so it's never good when you have those crabs. No, in a barrel. I don't. No, you don't want that. Those crabs you on really your barrel. Don't. No, you don't so. want that. Um, I will <laughs> say that uh, I want to make very clear. And I think you're with me on this, Pat. That we do not agree mm-hmm. with any of the statements made by Charles Barkley in that particular piece. Uh, Thank you, Stu. We think what right. he, he's not right at all. We think, because uh, we're, we're not allowed to say any of those things. No. Um, because then everyone will say that we're racist, even though, um, you know, Charles can say them, and, and he is not racist. Mm-hmm. So we want to, we, we, because our 
agreement with him would indicate our deep-seated racism. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure everyone knows we completely disagree with that last segment. Thank you. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents too coming up. When harvesting crab, the crab as a group will pull down any crab that starts to climb out of a barrel in an attempt to be the first out of the barrel oh, that so, holds them in. So it's not fish in a barrel at all. Nothing it's, like that. It's totally different than fish in a barrel. It's a totally different point. And you said it was the same as fish in a barrel. It's not. Getting said it on the air. That's what he said it. Wait. Tomorrow, we have got to play the Jim Carrey ad that mocks the Matthew McConaughey Lincoln car commercial. That was a good sell, wasn't it? Very it's, funny. It is really good. Very funny. It's mm -hmm. the greatest thing uh, Jim Carrey's done since The Mask. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's going back it's quite been a while. It's been a while since Jim Carrey. I mean, he's, there's a guy who's he shouldn't be <laughs> ma mocking Matthew McConaughey because yeah. Matthew McConaughey is up here and he's nowhere to be seen. Yeah, I will say so. that uh, I, I, he, he kind of makes a, a dig at, he doesn't really take a dig at Matthew McConaughey. He just says, why are you doing essentially a car commercial if you just won an Oscar? And, <laughs> yeah, that's you know. true. But really, Jim true. Carrey would be lucky to get a car commercial yes, he uh, that he is currently making fun of. Uh, so, uh, you know, but that's uh, really funny. On top of an Oscar. Really funny. What's that? On top of an Oscar. Yeah. I've, yeah. I mean, and Jim Carrey's had some good performances yes, in, his, in his life. Uh, they just, a lot of money. It's, a, it's been a long time since there's been one of them. <sighs> really long uh, time. And B, he never was. I mean, he was amazing in Man in the Moon. I mean, that is, it's a, it's a great performance. He, he did Andy Kaufman. And he freaking was Andy Kaufman yeah. in that role. He should have completely been nominated for an Oscar for that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's been a while. It's been a while on that yeah, one. It's been a long while. But he was great in Truman Show. And, yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of really funny yes. uh, Jim Carrey movies. And, and I guess he's got Dumb and Dumber 14 coming out. Yeah. Two? What do you mean 14? Yeah. It's the second one. <laughs> it feels like I know, but the first one was just so bad. Ended. I am very excited about it. I will go see <sighs> Are it. Are you really? I love that movie, the first one. Oh, I mean, it's an all-time classic. Agonizingly bad. What? Agonizing. How can you possibly think that first one was agonizing? Agonizingly bad. bad. It's very good. Yeah. It's an excellent, excellent oh, movie. And the new excellent. one looks... It's funny because they, we've come so far as a society since that initial one mm -hmm. that they can get away with so much more that I'm afraid they'll just go down the road of making it just more over the top, more disgusting, more, you know, edgy, which I don't think will serve those guys, you know, that, no. that series. But I, I will go see it anyway. I even went to see the crappy half remake, the prequel. That was terrible. <laughs> wow. So they're happy. But you're still holding up for well, this. Well, no, one. he wasn't in it. None oh. of them were in it. It was it was called oh. Dumb and Dumber. It was Dumb and Dumber. -er. Dumb and Dumber. -er. <laughs> yes, and, uh, ah, it, it and was, he was not in Dumb and Dumber. -er. No, they and were. You two, didn't see this pad? There was, I did it was a not prequel. See this. And it was two guys, two other guys playing those characters when they were like in their teens. Um, and I will say they did a good job at recreating them. Like they, you know, so many people did impersonations of that, that mm -hmm. movie that they were really good at it but the the script was terrible i mean it just did not work at all that surprises me yeah. the script of dumb and dumber the first was one's brilliant terrible. the first one's brilliant oh brilliant it is i don't think that begins to describe <laughs> you might be right what it's that, an all-time cult classic is. oh <laughs> oh it is. Mm. Maybe I just grew up in that era. That was every every person at college dorm was playing that on. When you, uh, I just said the word college. Yeah.